What's up, wrestling fans? It's that time of the week for them boys from 607 Podcast to talk all things pro wrestling and call it right down the middle. That's right, it's time for this week's edition of 607 Podcast presents The Wrestling Show, better known as 607TWS. And we are back in the ODPH dungeon, the realest thing in pro wrestling podcasting. Of course, I'm your host here at 607 TWS, and I'm also the host of the 3FN podcast. My name is Rich, and joining me as he does in the co-pilot's chair each and every week, but you know him better as the host of the Ocho Duro Parlay Hour podcast, better known as the ODPH. I'm talking about Ken M. 607 Podcast fam, what is happening? What is going on? What is good? Let's talk some pro wrestling, shall we? And we are joined by a special guest this week. You know, this, this is kind of a crossover, but it's not a crossover, so this is the first real official full-on 607 TWS form. Ladies and gentlemen, we give to you the man who has made the term fuck the Astros more famous than the actual Astros. He is the co-host of all co-hosts. He is the man, the myth, the legend. Of course, the Ocho Duro Parlay Hours, Padawan Jay. Where are my goddamn muffins? Yes, yes. Uh, you know, I've been saying it for a long time. I'm tired, I'm injured, and I work with fucking children. <laughs> But, you know, hey, you know, <laughs> if I guess it could get me millions of dollars in a whole show. Yeah. <laughs> what am I doing wrong with my life, ladies and gentlemen? I don't know. But it's been another great week in pro wrestling coming to you a little later than normal. But that's also because we were waiting uh, on, on bated breath like everybody else to see the end of the WWE draft. So just a day later than it normally comes out. Uh, you know, sometimes we come out to you early, too, but just a day later. But it's going to be well worth it because in the main event of this show, we are going to break down all that is World Wrestling Entertainment between the WWE Draft and, of course, this upcoming Saturday's Backlash Premium Live event from San Juan, Puerto Rico. But before we do that, we're going to have just two segments this show. Opening contest, we're going to cover uh, what's going went on with a little bit of the AEW ticket sales for Wembley. There's some controversy. Go figure in the world of the elite for some reason. Yeah. Seems like a normal thing. <laughs> We're also going to talk about the best of the Super Juniors, which is starting up this upcoming week as well. Actually, technically next week. But still, we want to get you who's in it and when you can look forward to watching that. And there's a small indie roundup in there as well. So we're going to lump that all in the first segment and go heavy on the second segment where you get the WWE Draft plus Backlash. Well, Ken M and, and, and Padawan J, before we go in any further, tell the fine folks how to find you guys in the Ocho Dura Parley Hour podcast. If you want to talk to myself and the one and only Padawan J, I'm actually going to defer to Pad. Pad, where do they go? ODPHpodcast.com. Right on. Swing on over to ODPHpodcast.com. Join the conversation on the social media accounts. Check out the TeePublic store link. Check out the Patreon link. Check out the blog section, the classified section, which has friends of this show, such as 3FN Podcast. Check out the directory, which, Pad, how many providers are we on? Uh, over 500,000. Sounds about right to me. The music section. Basically, if it's anything and everything that is the ODPH, you can find it at ODPHpodcast.com. And if you're trying to get a hold of me in the 3FN Podcast, it's simple. Go to 3FN Podcast. All the information is there, including uh, all our social media links, our public link, the link to the Patreon, patreon.com slash 3FN podcast, where for as little as $1 a month, you get a ton of extra bonus content, uh, plus you help support everything we do around here. On top of all of that, you can find links to, to both 607 TWS and the 3FN podcast, including streaming them right from the website. Also, the 
there's links to the odphpodcast.com. And we have a musical directory as well where you can check out such bands like Floodlands, whose song Ruins you hear each and every week as the opening theme song for 607 TWS. And of course, our good friend Second Suitor, whose song One Winged Angel shuts down the show each and every week here on 607TWS. More importantly than all of that, we also have a sponsor section where we have our number one sponsor who provides a lot for us here at 607 Podcast, including the 3FN Podcast and 607 TWS. And that's our good friends over at Dragon Master Games. For all your Magic the Gathering gaming needs, visit them on the World Wide Web, dragonmastergames.com. Thank you for helping this show come to everybody commercial-free each and every week. The caveat to that is during the break to the show, you will hear... Our uh, pr- the promo for live stream for the cure. Just a reminder, mm-hmm. Ken M. When is live stream for the cure going down? May 18th through the 20th on twitch.tv slash live stream for the cure F O R. And it is an amazing event where content creators from around the world are teaming up together to raise money for the Cancer Research Institute to create a world hashtag immune to cancer. This is an event that we are proud to be a part of for yet another year. I think this is year four, if I'm not mistaken. This is year four. This is year four. So 607 Podcast is going to be taken on the 10 p.m. to 11 p.m. block on Friday, May 19th. So set your calendars, Eastern Standard Time. So wherever you are around the world, set your dial, set your phone, set whatever you need to so you don't miss the content because we're going to be uh, proud to be a part of this event and definitely do our due diligence to help kick cancer's ass. And we will be reviewing No Hulls Barred. That's right. We're going to be doing uh, pulling a little bit of 3FN there and uh, we're going to set it up how I set up the 3FN Movie Club review and kind of have some fun with it, give some fun facts and talk about how we feel about No Hulls Barred. And maybe even talk about the match. Because remember, there was on Christmas Eve, or Christmas Day, sorry, Mm -hmm. the match in the movie. Yes. And if you remember, why have a regular Christmas when you can have a no-hose-by Christmas? Uh, So we're going to break that all down. And of course, if you would like to get an early jump, live stream for the cure dot com slash donate and you can donate right now because it is open you can do it through the event and i'll tell you what if you would like to get a 607 tws shirt that is exclusive to just this event which the design will be out in the next week i'm getting it all done up but it will be out Uh, it's going to say it's going to have 607 tws on the top and the logo and then it will say uh, of course the only pro wrestling podcast it is always and then no hose bar logo. And the only place you can get that is through this event. And it's if you donate 20 bucks, so go to live streams of the cure.com slash donate, donate $20 or more, but $20. Then go ahead, make sure that you screenshot the confirmation that you did that. So we know you bought the, you know, you did and donated. And then go ahead, send that via email. You can hit it to contact us at 3fnpodcast.com or odphpodcast.com or if you feel more comfortable DM us on the social medias go ahead look up get on the social medias DM us there make sure you give us the screenshot your name address and t-shirt size I think I forgot to mention that before but the t-shirt size very important because mm-hmm. obviously and we will ship you that if you get them to us by the 15th we will ship you out the shirt that week because we're going to be the first run is going to happen before so me and ken can have them for that friday and then of course if you do it after the event or after the 15th or during the event you can also get that it'll be shipped out the following week because we're going to do two different runs thank you to our partners up at upstate merch for making this all possible so there you go so twenty dollars get a shirt so hey can't go wrong. And it's not even to us. You're yeah. not paying for the shirt. We're just asking for the donation as we try to smash another goal for live stream for the cure. Of course, also tune in 
during ours and chat with us. Donate some money. Maybe I'll figure out something fun, but I ain't doing the drinking again. No, 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 no brother. No. Brother, brother, brother. I'm out for that. So we got a jam-packed show. Let's dive in. Let's get everybody all antsy in their panties because I know Ken M is chomping at the bit to check his watch because... <laughs> By the way, Padawan Jay, he does that every week. Oh, I believe it. That's not that's not <laughs> something he's just doing for you. If you guys could have a camera, Ken gets very animated during our, our previews and stuff. So I have a witness now. Oh, yeah. No, it's definitely a witness because I'm amped up to talk wrestling. And, of course, with Pad being here, we got to just show him the, the ways that we do things. I mean, he hasn't seen the base of the mid-card, which he won't see this week, unfortunately. Yes, he has not seen him uh, slap a good base yet. But we'll, we'll, we'll get to you that in the future. We'll do another show. I'm sure Padawan Jay will come on again. we got a lot of wrestling action to talk about. But let's jump right in. Let's start in the world of all elites. Since we're ending with WWE, actually... Now, check that. Let's get a statement out of the way because, uh, I, I, unfortunately, you know I hate doing these statements mm-hmm. and I'm not going to go in the weeds here. So, obviously, last week, one of the big wrestling stories was the lawsuit uh, between a former Raider for WWE and WWE uh, alleging uh, – Pretty much alleging some pretty questionable taste in storyline pitches, et cetera, et cetera. There's a lot to it. I'm not going to go in the weeds. Uh, most people would you know, want a statement. Here's the statement. We talk pro wrestling. Yep. Uh, these are a lot of allegedlies. I don't know the case. I know what's alleged. I know we don't know what the response is because, of course, it's a legal thing, so they're keeping a tight lip. I do know that there's a lot of people speculating this is only happening to block some kind of sale, which, trust me, it's not going to work. But I, I, I will say this. Do I think of what we heard was in bad taste? Absolutely. Don't defend it. Have no defense for it. Thankfully, that never hit the air. Mm-hmm. But in that case, I also have to say this to everybody out there. Until we know, until this goes to court or gets thrown out or whatever, because maybe it gets thrown out, who knows? It's, it, I, if it wavers you on watching WWE, that's fine. That's on you. Don't watch. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's something, that, you know, if that turns you away, I get it. Understand. But for us... I'm staying on the wrestling side of things, so I'm not going to sit here and crucify a company until we know the exacts, because who knows? I, I'm not saying that I, I'm going to say the person, I don't know who they are, is uh, you know on the face telling their truth, and that's fine. However, who knows what comes out? Maybe it was in jest. Maybe it was in you know some kind of frustration in a writer's room. A lot of things go on in writer's rooms. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying that I defend any of the things that were alleged, but once again, they're alleged. We don't know. Right. And until then, we're not the court of law, and we don't talk about lawsuits and court stuff. Just like, and this is not a cop-out because it's WWE, because if it was AEW, it'd be saying the same. Mm-hmm. Think about it. We talked about brawl out. Yep. But then we also said, if there's a legal thing, I'm not going to dive into the legal. We're only going to talk about what we can talk about here. This is one of those things where it's real sticky and muddy in the waters and it has really nothing to do with pro wrestling. I understand if it turns some people off and in that case, you know, hey, you got to do what you got to do and I get that. But if not, we're just going to talk pro wrestling. So that's our statement on it. If there's something more serious or things get more concrete over time, you know, it'll come back up in the news cycle. I, I please believe. But while it's allegedly, I also want to take the thing of not going the way of Colt Cabana, i.e. the art of wrestling back in the day, and i.e. the Brett Favre situation mm-hmm. with Pat McAfee. So we'll stay away from the allegedly that can keep my ass out of court. Just Facts. throwing that out yeah. there. So that's why we're not speaking on it. It's not that we're avoiding it. It's not that we're burying it. There's a statement up front. As the things become more concrete, we will comment on it more. Until then... I don't want to talk about allegedly in a court case because 
that's very dicey, 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 as Brandon Schaub would say. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Anything you want to add to that, Ken? No, I agree with you completely. There's too many allegedlies. There's not enough facts. The only facts that you need to know about us is unless it's something of relevancy that we have concrete things to, to address about it, then we'll, then we'll talk about it. But there's nothing that is concrete as we record to this point that is worth mentioning. I'll say this. I will speculate on internet bullshit and rumors all day because that ain't going to get me in trouble. Exactly. I ain't speculating on something that can blam my ass in court. Sorry, mm. guys. Yeah. Sorry. I Once again, when more comes to light, we will not dodge it. But as of right now, we will acknowledge that it's out there and what's happening. I will say that from what we've heard in the allegedly, it's very distasteful. Mm. That's where I'm going to leave it at. I agree. We're going to call wrestling until further notice. Yeah. So with that, we're past that. Let's jump into the land of elite. Since we're talking WWE in the second half of the show, let's talk about all elite wrestling. Two big things. One good, one bad. Do you want to start with the good or bad? We'll start with Padawan J. Do you want to start with the good or the bad? Let's do the good. All right. Let's talk about the good. So today, as we record, we are recording on uh, Tuesday. Uh, I do believe it's May the 2nd. So yes. we are just two short days away from May the 4th. Uh, My favorite day of the year. Mm-hmm. And of course, then May the 6th, which is also free comic book day. For yes. Those of you know. In between that, Revenge of the 5th. And Revenge of the 5th in between. And uh, I don't think anything great is happening on that. Sorry. But uh, the 6th is uh, definitely also backlash for wrestling fans. And there's some independent shows we'll talk about in a minute. However... As we're recording today, the first set of pre-sales went online and were sold for the Wembley Stadium all-in coming this upcoming August uh, from All Elite Wrestling. And it has been reported by many outlets, including Dave Meltzer and Wrestling Observer, that they have sold 35,000-plus tickets, so right around 35,000. Yeah, there was two. I'm looking at the Ticketmaster UK website right now. There were two pre-sales today, the first of which was <clears throat> excuse me, was the AWVIP slash shop pre-sale, which looks like it went on from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. this morning UK time. Uh, and then going on right now as we record is the pre-registration sale, which is going on from Tuesday, May the 2nd through uh, Thursday, May the 4th. And of course, when we're recording, this is nighttime in the States. So that means this is the late hours, early morning hours, if you will, over in England. So it's safe to say on day one, 35,000 tickets were sold. Hey, I think that's a big win. Mm-hmm. I'm going to throw this out there. That is almost 10,000 more than their highest grossing gate, which was the first ever Arthur Ashe appearance for Grand Slam. The mm-hmm. first one. Second one, the, the attendance was a little down, not too much, still over 20,000. I think the first time they were there was right around 27,000. So this is, like I said, almost 10,000 more. I think this is a great start. Yeah. I don't think it's going to end there. So there's a lot of people out there on the internet that think that, you know, oh, in the mud, they're done. I don't think so. I no. I think it's going to sell more. No, yeah, they, they absolutely got a shot because, I'm again, I'm looking at the Ticketmaster website. There's one, two, three, four, five more sale dates for this. So the next one up is the O2 priority date, which is on uh, May the 3rd through Friday, May the 5th. Then you've got the Live Nation pre-sale, which goes from Thursday, May the 4th through Friday, May the 5th. Ticketmaster pre-sale is on the 4th through the 5th. And then you've got the AEW Partners pre-sale, which is the 4th through the 5th. And then you've got the General On Sale, which is on Friday, May the 5th. There you go. So once again, opening up at 35000 I think is good. Once again, this is a win in its own. For anybody out there that thinks that this is not a win, this is a win. This is their biggest gate so far, and it's going to get bigger. I guarantee they're going to do more. But yeah, 35000 let's say that for whatever reason, that's it. This is still a win. We were saying that when we first mm-hmm. talked about this, right, Ken? Yeah, no, this is absolutely a win for AEW. The fact that you're going into an international market that you have never gone into before. Like, we have to stress that. And you sold 35000 in the first day. Like, listen, celebrate that. I have no issue with that. And for anybody that's, you know, taking a shot at him, whatever, look, 
This is a win for where they are. This is nothing that is an insult to them by any stretch of the imagination. Yeah, the first day out the gate, especially for being a relative unknown property over to a new market, that's a huge, huge success. So they should be relishing it. And you know what? Like I say, I don't mind all the tweets they're making celebrating it. They should. This is a win that AEW should definitely be having. Absolutely. Uh, Pat, do you want to add anything to that? Yeah, no, it's it's a good win for uh, AEW. I pulled up a list of uh, WCW champion, uh, World Championship Wrestling attendance records, uh, you know, because they're the, they're the last closest uh, competition that WWE mm-hmm. had. And uh, for the list that's on here, there's about 15, 14, 15 different uh, events on here. But the one if this falls into currently is between the episode of Monday Nitro from the Georgia Dome, where it was Hollywood Hogan versus Kevin Nash for the Heavyweight Championship, which was at 38,890. Nine, and then it falls in between that and then the episode of Monday Nitro from Reliant, the Reliant Astrodome, which was Bill Goldberg versus Bam Bam Bigelow for the WCW World Heavyweight Championship at 32,067. So the fact that you're in between those two things at your first on sale, that's pretty good. No, here's I'm just going to say, go ahead and say this. You're going to beat their biggest attendance this in the next sale yeah but by friday before it even goes to general sale they're going to beat the biggest attendance show for for wcw so for them for wcw by themselves yeah you're right because that would be uh the episode of monday nitro from the georgia dome at forty one thousand four hundred and twelve, where it was Ho- hollywood hogan versus bill goldberg for the world heavyweight championship right and that's what i'm saying i think they're going to beat that by friday oh yeah like before it goes on sale i would be i wouldn't be i won't be surprised <laughs> if they don't sell 40 to forty five thousand tickets easily. closer to forty five thousand. so ten thousand more i think that's easily done yeah i agree I'm going to say this. It's a big bucket of win. And here's why. Not only is it a big bucket of win because you're going into a new market and you're and you're making a big sales and a big splash, but also this shows international investors, TV-type people, people who are could sponsor you with different uh, products and, and so on, advertisement dollars. This shows them that you're a viable comparison. Even if you are second place technically to WWE, that doesn't matter. You're still making your mark on the international market. This gets your name out there. This is more money coming into all Elite Wrestling and Tony Khan. And at the end of the day, that's a win. Now, it is ambitious still, the 90 to 100,000, because I hear that we're set up for 100,000. I do believe the, the rumor is that it's set up for like 101,000. I don't know if that's the exact number because they're being tight-lipped about it, mm. but they've said 100,000 plus is what it's set up for. Standing room, sure. Yeah, that's what they're setting up for, if you will. I don't know if they're going to be that, but you know what? Shoot for the moon. Why the fuck not? I'm, I'm going to say it now. I think this show is going to sell between sixty and seventy thousand, and I hope I'm wrong and it sells more. But I think I can guarantee this is going to sixty. Sixty to seventy thousand is a guarantee. I don't think it sells less than seventy thousand. If it does more, I'm happy to be wrong. But I think seventy thousand, dude. What's wrong with that? I Nothing. Mean, seventy thousand no. is the, is the biggest show you're gonna. You know what I mean? So anybody out there that says under a hundred thousand is a bust, that's bullshit. Like, listen, right now they've beat their biggest attendance record. So if they sold not another ticket, which is not going to happen, but if they sold not one other ticket, this is a win. And like I said, by the time this goes live on Friday to the general public, Mm -hmm. I believe that they'll be probably right around 45,000, which means that's going to be the highest attended show not named World Wrestling Federation from a United States outfit. It will not beat some of the bigger total uh, Tokyo Dome toils. And I said w- World Wrestling Federation as an old fogey WWE. Yeah. Uh, but at the same time, it's not going to beat some of the Tokyo Dome fo- things, but I think it will. 
Tokyo Dome, I think the attendance record for the Tokyo Dome is for like right around 58, 60,000. I think it's going to beat that. So it will be the second highest attended, in my opinion. So if your number does end up holding 60 to 70,000, that would put it in line with the Starcade and the Tokyo Dome shows, uh, the, for one of which in 1992 had an attendance of 60,000. The one the, uh, the year prior in 1991 had an attendance of 64,500, and that was between New Japan Pro Wrestling and WCW. Okay, there you go. So that's... That's 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 insane. That's good. Oh, it's crazy. And I think that the sixty to seventy thousand easy. I'm I'm really thinking that I might even be low, and I'm happy to be low. I think a hundred thousand still ambitious, but I I wouldn't be surprised if they don't push it. Oh, they're going to try pushing it, and that's what they should do. And I think honestly, if they hit that sixty five thousand to seventy thousand mark, that's a, that's still a win. That's still something to you know. You don't need to hit ninety thousand for it to be a success. Like anything right now. You're almost playing with house money to a degree because this is going to be your biggest show to date. No matter what. Celebrate your wins here and don't. I'm stressing this because I do know we do know people from AEW listening to the show. Don't get into the pissing match on the internet when people are saying the comparisons to WWE. Listen, celebrate your wins. Focus on your own house. Dude, marks are going to mark. Let them do it. Yeah, exactly. Here's the thing, man. I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say it straight out. I think this is a good win. I think that they should go in all the momentum world. And here's the big positive: they haven't announced one single match. They haven't announced one single person is guaranteed to be on the card yet. Nope. So you've gotten thirty five thousand off a no card. Come on, man. You're you're killing it. Good job to Tony Khan and everybody at AEW. And listen, I've like I've said before, I've always want them to do good. Mm-hmm. There's not a bone in my body that wants them to do bad because a strong wrestling business is a strong wrestling business. And I'm a wrestling fan. And the way we keep the business going is when it's strong. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. But yeah, can, kudos to them. Kudos. Anybody have anything to add before we move on with all elite wrestling? No. Because now let's talk about the bad. Because <laughs> yeah. it can't be a week without some kind of controversy. And we really need to get this in. And I understand. Eric Bischoff wrote a book, Controversy Creates Cash. And it does sometimes. But sometimes it's not what you're looking for. And I, you know, I'm usually famous for saying, you know, any publicity is good publicity. Yeah, I, it's not always true. No. There's certain publicity that's not necessarily good. I mean, if you don't believe me, you could ask some people in Hollywood who have had some really dark secrets come out that... Uh, they would probably rather not come out and cost them a lot of money. Right. Yeah. Or, you know, companies and businesses that are out of business. We're not going to give examples because, once again, I'm not going there with courts. <laughs> However, the big buzz thing not isn't Wembley. The biggest, when you type in AEW right now, Wembley, today it was dominating, thankfully. Yeah. But prior to today, what was dominating when talking about AEW? It was a shirt that features Britt Baker. And it has features Britt Baker with a black eye, which she got during the beatdown. And I'm still kind of confused how she got the black eye because it was a kendo stick to the back. I, I, I'm just saying, I'm confused. We'll just say reasons. reasons. Thank you, boys. And uh, here's the problem with the shirt. So the shirt, if you haven't seen it, I'm sure everybody listening to the show has, is literally a shirt with a photo that was you can find it on the internet, was on Instagram, of Britt Baker with a black eye looking very sad and disparaged. And underneath... The, the, the box of the picture is a, the tiniest ever AEW logo. Yeah. The tiniest ever. So my question, and this has been circulating around the internet, and I want to get your guys' opinion, so I'm going to ask you the same question that's going around the internet. If you weren't a wrestling fan and you saw this shirt being worn in public, what would you think? Starting with our guest, Padawan Jay. I would think, why are you wearing a shirt that looks like it's promoting domestic violence? Because right. why would you sell a shirt of a woman 
with a black eye or any sort of, of blemish mark, you know, that looks like physical violence was harmed on her. Why are you trying to profit off of that? It does not look good at any, in any way, shape or form. Absolutely. Ken, I'm right there with you. I, I actually did a little bit of an independent survey asking uh, a few people this week and some there were AEW fans, too. And literally said, like, what, you know, what's your take on this shirt? And especially some didn't realize that this allegedly was connected to the beatdown that happened with the outcasts. And they were literally like, what is this shirt? Like, why is this get, you know, out there? Because the image that's coming across, like, this is not anything that does. It did not scream wrestling to anybody. Mm-hmm. Agree. So I think that the fact that this was made into a shirt, especially with the image that is getting perceived that, I think was a was a big misfire. I think a better move would have been to take an image that happened during the segment, whether it be like a, you know like a, a photographer shot of her and Adam Cole and, and the camera shot together, and and put some sort of typing or logo or, or whatever it is on there would have come across a lot better than this. Yeah, I'll give you my idea to fix this personally in a second. But before I say that, I want to get another temperature because it's some. I agree with you guys. If I wasn't a wrestling fan and didn't know this was Britt Baker, even knowing it's Britt Baker out of context, knowing the context, I get it. But not in knowing the context, I want it. So here comes the follow-up question. Being wrestling fans, and we know it because this is a real honesty that wrestling fans, you should ask yourself this at home. If you want to share with us, you can. If not, just ask yourself this. Would you wear the shirt? Absolutely not. Hell no. Neither would I. Because once again, what would the, the, my point is non-wrestling fans, especially non-AEW fans, and mind you, tiniest little AEW logo, we're, are going to look at that shirt and go, what the hell is that? Mm-hmm. They're going to think that you're glorifying beating women. <laughs> I'm, I'm throwing it at 110%. Sad but true. No. Yeah. So here's how you could fix that that picture, first of all. I still think it's in bad taste overall because it does look the way it looks. But because it's the outcasts who did it, if there was a big spray-painted L over the face Mm -hmm. and then underneath some little catchy slogan or like a spray-paint thing of, you know, outcasts or whatever, Yeah, I think that that saves it. Because then it looks like, oh, and then a bigger AEW logo. Maybe on the back of the shirt, yeah. on the top of the neck, on the sleeve, on the front, whatever. <laughs> but if I think if you put the big L, the big green neon L, mm-hmm. through the picture, and then something about the outcast, don't mess with the outcast, whatever. You know what I mean? Anything, yeah. I think that I still think it's in bad taste because of the picture, but I think it's easier to explain, oh, it's a wrestling thing. Well, the thing, too, to note with this is much like any merchandise, it didn't just go through one clearance check before it got made. It went through several. Well, yeah, it went through the design process. Mm-hmm. It went through the talent, which, of course, Britt Baker's been defending it. It went through Tony Khan and their legal team, their whoever's in charge of, of their merchandising. And then it also went through one-hour tees slash pro wrestling tees, who does all their merchandise. So mm-hmm. it went through a lot of people and their QCs, too. Yeah, it just the whole thing is with that image, it, it's not something that is celebrated like, you know, uh, remember when Austin's face was bleeding out? From I know, the, I see a lot the, of references to that, by the yeah. way. Yeah, and even when Britt had the match against Thunder Rosa, the same thing. They did the bloody said, shirt, which yeah, is fine. that worked because you could tell it was a wrestling-themed shirt. This picture, unfortunately, does not give off that perception. This perception, her demeanor is sad, it's it's you know, defeated. It just gives off a different vibe that does not scream wrestling. And if you're going to try selling this, 
it's I'm sorry, it's just not coming off that way. Padawan Jay has the picture up here. We're watching if you obviously you can't see it in the studio, but you can even see on the picture how tiny the AEW logo is. It's yeah, fucking you can't minuscule. Tell. It's at the bottom of the picture and it's tiny. It's like if if you're gonna do something like this, make sure people know it's a wrestling shirt. Yeah. I mean, I still think it's in bad taste. The only other shirt that comes closest, and I don't think this was in bad taste, but you had the MJF CM Punk. Pick blood, polar yeah. with a blood hand yeah. across it. Yeah. And once again, if you didn't know that in context, it looks like there's a wrestler standing next to a child. Yeah. And there's a bloody hand. And, and once again, I don't think this that was as bad of distance, but once again, they did that same thing with the AEW logo where it's so tiny. I think you have to clarify as a wrestling shirt. Once again, I still want to wear it, but, no, I, but I think there have been less controversy. And then you have n- news outlets running with the story. Yeah. Sports yeah. Illustrated is running stories. Fox News. Fox News is running stories. There's literally other places running stories about this. This is not the publicity you want because the headlines of those stories are you're running a domestic abuse shirt. Yeah. Well, it's been explained to us it's something different, but this is what it looks like. And that's not good press. <laughs> no. When, when pro wrestling crosses over into pop culture, you really need to make sure you establish that this is a pro wrestling shirt. And unfortunately, it doesn't. No. And I think that it's screaming that to a lot of fans, and that's why you're getting such a, a very loud reaction to this, where, you know, in comparison, like we say, the Austin shirt, or even the Becky Lynch when she broke her nose. Mm. Right. And she stand, that was the moment, you know, that the man persona came in there. Like, you could tell that that was wrestling. She's wearing a wrestling shirt. She's in a wrestling crowd. This There's shirt, also wrestling logos over it. Right. You, this shirt just does not scream that. So it's like, why are we doubling down on this? Like, sorry, like this, it's whenever, in my opinion, whenever this came across, like this shirt got, got vetoed immediately. The, the photo on the shirt isn't even in a wrestling ring or a locker room or something. No, it was taken backstage after. It looks yeah. like it's in a hallway someplace. Yeah, yeah. It was taken backstage in a hallway at an arena, but it was put up on Instagram and stuff. So you can find the picture before they used it. I just don't think that this was the picture. I'm agreeing with Pad. I would have preferred like the beat down in the ring. But even if you had to use this photo, make it an outcast thing, put the yellow over yeah, it. put the green spray paint. Put, the, yeah. put something, some saying on it, make sure the AW logo is on the sleeve or on the back and big. You know, it doesn't have to be giant, but on the back, below the neck, uh, you know, somebody who does shirts. You know, there's ways around it. Mm-hmm. I still think it's a bad photo to use, but hey, once again, and I understand Britt's defending it. It's her thing. Cool. I get defending it, but you have to at least understand why people are upset. And there's a lot of your fans that are upset about it. Yeah. I'm just throwing it out there. And I'm not saying it's the end all be all or it's a controversy end thing. This is not whatever, but it's, it, and, you know, and if your argument to this is, well, WWE had a Steve Austin shirt with butt on it, or your argument is, well, look what's going on with Vince and everything in WWE. That's not the argument to hear. Do better. Yeah. It's, there's not, it's not like it's tit for tat. It's do fucking better. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's an, this is an isolated incident. You can't really make those comparisons with the, with the t-shirts. Like, I'm sorry, like, because in the, in those circumstances, you know, it's wrestling. Like, that's what it ultimately boils down to. You know, it's wrestling. This does not scream wrestling. This says something else to casual fans and even fans in your fan base. Like, that is the problem here. So it's like, unfortunately, whatever you were trying to do to sell the storyline, it failed here. It just didn't work. Okay, start over, do a new t-shirt, do something. But the, but the fact, like, it's still a topic... It's taking away from, one, you're celebrating the win at Wembley because fans are still talking about this. And, two, you're now catching a whole new audience for all the wrong reasons. And you're fueling your detractors. Exactly. You are handing them a gift. 
here, here's a president that anybody can agree with. Because like you said, if you poll anybody, they're going to be like, this is disturbing. Yeah. Like I said, <laughs> I, I I literally asked, I had to be like 10, 15 people. And some, like I say, are diehard AEW fans. They travel to the shows. And immediately, one even particularly was like, oh, Adam hit Brit. What is this? Like, that was the legit answer. They thought her real-life boyfriend beat her. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, no, this is part of the, the outcast beatdown. And they're like, what? I, I, and like, like literally that was the reaction seeing the picture. So like say, when that's coming off to your diehard fans, that is a problem. That is an absolute problem. Well, hopefully we get all these straightened out. Let's go over to some happier time stuff. Ken, I got something for you. Oh, let's go. Let's talk a little bit of New Japan Pro Wrestling, shall we? And, of course, uh, coming up very soon is one of the more fun times of year over at New Japan Pro Wrestling. And that, of course, takes place from May 13th to May 28th. And it is New Japan's Best of the Super Juniors 30, of course, going down May the 13th through 28th. It is a round-robin tournament that breaks down afterwards. And we have two blocks, Block A and Block B. And we have the uh, full list announced finally. This past week, it got announced after last week's show. We said we were waiting for it. We got it here. Are you ready to talk about the blocks for Best of Super Juniors? I so can't wait to talk about this. Like, oh, yeah, let's go. Let's go. I'm getting too amped. Okay. Give me one second. Uh, Google is, is telling me to shake my phone. <laughs> it, could, it could tell the electricity is coming off when we're talking about the super i gotta leave it in there it's kind yeah. of funny i'm trying to scroll it's like something went wrong shake your phone i'm dead serious okay so block a is featuring your iwgp junior heavyweight champion hamaru takahashi the ticking time bomb tjp kushida taguchi the bone soldier taji ishimori show Doki, Titan from CMLL, Leo Rush, and representing Impact Wrestling Speedball, Mike Bailey. That is a ridiculously stacked class. Absolutely. Redi- like, oh, like, I was just blown away reading it, and you have so many, so many high-level wrestlers involved in this. Like I say, Speedball Mike Bailey coming over. I mean, I like, I always hate going against them, but it's like, He's not a clear-cut favorite, and that is screaming about the talent pool here. Oh, absolutely. Next up, we have B-Block, and on that side, we have Francisco Akira, El Desperado, Bushi, Kanemura, Yo, Robbie Eagles, Master Wado, and from New Japan Strong, Clark Connors. Also from New Japan Strong, Kevin Knight, who is now one half of the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Tag Team Champions with Kushida. And, of course, Dan Maloney from RevPro. Another loaded class. Uh, this one, though, I, like if I have to do an early prediction, I'm calling Clark Connors. The Bullet Club making a big statement on this one. You know, Bullet Club is looking for those big wins. I wouldn't be surprised if it's Clark Connors. Not at all. I know Padawan Jay doesn't watch a lot of New Japan Pro Wrestling, so a lot of those names don't mean anything to you, huh? Nope. <laughs> That's okay. Uh, trust me, it's all, it's real exciting to watch the Super Juniors fly around. Oh, yeah, it's amazing, Pad. Sometime we'll have to get you some uh, matches to check out and watch. So let's uh, check out what's coming up here. We're going to do a brief Indie Roundup. Indie Roundup, of course, always brought to you by Fight.TV. More, more importantly, Fight Plus, where you can get a ton of wrestling action for $7.99 a month. Great action from such places as AIW. Uh, of course, Wrestling Revolver, which we're going to talk 
about a show from both of those great companies, Game Changer Wrestling, and so many more over there. What do you think about Fight Plus, Ken M? The best deal in independent pro wrestling, and even in combat sports. For what you pay monthly, you get so much content. And some of the best pro wrestling on the planet is right there at your fingertips. Game Changer Wrestling, Glory Pro Wrestling, which had a great show this past weekend, too, and many, many more. And on top of that, you get all types of combat sports, and then it leads to you know credits and what you can do with that. There is just so much win about Fight Plus. It could, I could go on and on and on, but that's what I'm just going to tell you. Sign up right now for it. All right. Well, you know what? We'll start off. Uh, there's a couple shows to talk about going down this weekend on Fight Plus. So check out. Of course, you can check out older shows as well while you're there uh, this Friday. Cinco de Mayo, May 5th, 7.30 p.m. Uh, Eastern Standard Time, AIW, Absolute Intense Wrestling Brunettes, Cybernetico de Mayo 2. Mm. And uh, here's the uh, the caption here. On May 5th, AIW, Cybernetico de, de Mayo 2 is live on Fight Plus, straight from the Outpost Concert Club in Kent, Ohio. The event features the Cybernetico match, Tom Waller's 40th birthday bash, and the AIW Tag Team Championship match. And uh, here's uh, what we got listed here. Of course, uh, in an earlier card, we're going to have Dominic Greeny taking on Cisco Silver. Ziggy Heim taking on Jocelyn Navarro in the AIW uh, Women's Division. Uh, by the way, Jocelyn Navarro making a return from injury. For the AIW World Tag Team Championships, the team that won uh, the, the number one contendership, Money Shot going one-on-one against the Bitcoin Boys. <coughs> Filthy Tom Lawler celebrating his 40th birthday bash with a spin-the-wheel-make-the-deal mm. as he'll Tom Lawler takes on Big Joshua Bishop, Ooh, that's gonna be former good AW Absolute Champ. And then, of course, we have the Cybernetico match, which is a giant, uh, basically two, four, six, eight, ten, eleven person clusterfuck. And it's a tag match. It's 11 on 11. <laughs> uh, they did it last year. It was a lot of fun, and it's elimination style. So uh, here's uh, the teams. Shaw Mason, Sam Holloway, the Maserati, West Barkley, Kelvin G., Lewis, uh, Calvin G. Lewis, sorry, Malcolm Cambridge, Austin James, Chuck Stone, and Arthur MacArthur. And they take on the team of PB Smooth, Brian Carson, The Duke, Philly Collins, and Marino Taglianelli, so PME, Tyson Riggs, Derek Dillinger, and Sid Von England. Ooh, that's going to be a fun match. It's going to be an in, it's going to be an intense match. Ha! Absolute intense See wrestling. See what you did there. Friday, May 5th, 7.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Make sure you check them out on Fight Plus. That's not the only wrestling going on, though. No, 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 no. We've got a huge, huge, huge show going down on Saturday night, May the 6th at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And it's Wrestling Revolver presents <laughs> Mayhem for All. This will be coming to you from the Horizons Event Center in Clive, Iowa. There is title matches. There is dream matches and more. You ready to dive into some of this card? Let's do it. By the way, I had to scroll this card. That's how big this card is. First up, we got a match where we're going to, well, we're, we're going to have basically set to appear. These are not matches. These are people yet. The SGC will be in the house. Mance Warner and One Call Manders. Okay. Man Scout Jake Manning. Veda Scott and Phil Stamper, which they're usually on uh, commentary. Commentary, I was going to say. Here we go. In a three-minute challenge, Heather Monroe goes one-on-one with your favorite wrestler, Marina Shafir. Hmm. Tag team attraction, and that's how they put it. The unit, JT Dunn and Allie Catch, take on Jessica and Matthew Palmer. Okay. In a four-quarters mayhem match, Rich Swan, 
takes on Crash Jackson, who takes on Damian Chambers, who takes on for the first time in Wrestling Revolver, El Phantasmo. Ooh. Fresh out of the Bullet Club. I was going to say. And that's going to be interesting because there's a trios grudge match where we're going to have the Rascals team of Trey Miguel, Zachary Wentz, and Myron Reed taking on the Bullet Club team of Chris Bay, Ace Austin, and the leader of the Bullet Club, David Finley. Oh. So David Finley's tagging with ABC to take on the Rascals. So does that mean that ABC is Bullet Club, period? We might find out. Okay. We're going to find out Saturday. I'll tell you that much. Yeah. In a Lucha death match. (laughs) I am not reading that wrong. Rocky Romero goes one-on-one with Lince Dorado. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. And one of my favorite titles in all of wrestling, the Revolver Remix title. Your champion, Alex Shelley, goes one-on-one with Shingo Hiro Eerie. And uh, explain something about the remix title. I was going to say, Pad, are you? do you have any idea what the remix title is? Nope. It basically is a spin the wheel kind of deal? Basically, the champion gets to decide what kind of match you're going to be in. Okay. And Alex Shelley's doing this to complete heel perfection because he'll ask his opponent what they prefer, and then he picks something else. Yeah, so like, Jesus. so like you'd be like, okay, well, I want to have a no holds bar match. I'd be like, yeah, you know that sounds great, but I think we're gonna do submissions only. Yeah, uh, one of my favorite was he did a super kick match where the finish had to come set up by a super kick. Oh Jesus! Which is a completely made up match just because that's how he wanted to win. Yeah, it, it's it's awesome, Pat. It has no, been, that's it's insane. Been so we have the Revolver World Title matchup next. Your Revolver World Champion and also your Impact Wrestling World Champion Steve Macklin. He defends the title against Speedball Mike Bailey. That's going to be an awesome match. But you notice I said that there's two more matches. Mm-hmm. That's not even the main event. That's insane. <sighs> All right, let's go. In a singles match, Jake Chris, the fire starter, is going one-on-one with John Moxley. Oh, sh- oh. <laughs> Somebody's going to bleed. And in the main event of the evening, in what is being called a dream death match, the man who runs the place, Sammy Callahan, goes one-on-one with Masha Slamovich in, in a, a dream death, death match. Oh, Jesus, Mary and Joseph. That's going to get out of control in a very, very quick hurry. So I'll tell you this. It's going to be a lot of fun. Also, I just want to give a big shout-out because there's not much on the card. But on Friday night, the 5th, Hood Slam is making its uh, debut on uh Fight Plus. Oh, cool. A show called Schism. You're going to watch it out 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. You probably could get that in right after the IW show. They always have a lot of good fun over there. Hood Slam shout-outs to the High Priestess of the Church of Pro Wrestling, the Dark Sheik, and she does an amazing job at Hood Slam. So you want to check that out and so much more. And, of course, we were supposed to have some Game Changer Wrestling shows this week from the Bamboozle Festival, but the Bamboozle Festival got canceled as a whole. The Bamboozle Festival got bamboozled? That's pretty much what happened. Hmm. I, I've heard people call it the the the, the uh, Fire Fest of Atlantic City. <laughs> but at least they canceled ahead of time. Okay. Yeah, at least they yeah. canceled ahead of time. Well, that's going to do it for the opening contest. We hit you with some Indie Round. We hit you with some All Elite News. We even hit you with some New Japan. That means we're going to take our one and only break from the show. During the break, you're going to hear that promo for live stream for The Cure. When we come back, we are going to get right into the second segment, which is the main event segment, where we're going to talk about the WWE draft, what we think this means, and also we're going to preview WWE Backlash, which goes down this Saturday as well. All that after this break. Together, we can make a difference. 
That's been the sign-off for everything livestream for the Cure related ever since the event began back in 2017. Hello everyone, my name is Nick and I am the host of the livestream for the Cure, an annual charity event to raise money for the Cancer Research Institute for immunotherapy research for a world immune to cancer. And over the past six years, we've made that difference together. Amazing listeners, amazing viewers, amazing podcast partners and content creators all coming together and we've raised over $70,000. But this year, we're going to make our biggest difference to date and we're going to raise $25,000 for the Cancer Research Institute. Tune into the event at twitch.tv slash livestream for the cure starting May 18th as we're joined again by podcast partners and content creators from around the world to help the Cancer Research Institute crush cancer together we will make a difference and we are back for the second segment and final segment here on 607 tws and it's time to talk some world wrestling entertainment this is right up padawan jay's alley that's why he's here he's in his house to talk about wwe and what better way to start the reason why we're coming to you a little later is because this past week between friday and monday we had the wwe draft the moment that was going to change everything in wwe and i think that they did a pretty good job we're going to dive into the picks in a second but I want to get some clarifications out there. I really do believe that we're going to go back to the old ways of splitting brands. It kind of seems that way. It kind of seems that they want to keep everything separate. I think that there's a definite vision from Triple H. He has never, uh, you know, he hasn't, I shouldn't say never, but he hasn't gotten to the point where he's lost the credit of us giving him the shadow of a doubt. And so before we even talk about the draft, what do you think about the strict brand split? Being a good thing, and uh, how do you feel about before going into the draft, everything going on? We'll start with the guest, Padawan Jay. I'm, I'm excited for it. I think if you can make it memorable, then it'll be good because, like like I said on ODPH, I honestly, the last time they did the hard brand split, and we're talking, you know, when it was raw only uh, pay-per-views, premium live events, and SmackDown only, you know, premium live events, outside of, like, gender winning the title and great balls of fire, couldn't tell you anything memorable about those runs. You know, I'm sure if I went back and watched it, like, oh, yeah, right. I remember that. Like, I remember stuff happening, but nothing really sticks out in my mind. There's enough talent there between both shows that you can have some pretty goddamn memorable matches and storylines and segments and whatever else. So if they're going to go back this way, and even if they want to bring back the, the brand exclusive pay-per-views, okay, make it memorable, though. Make it. And I'm not saying everything has to be like a WrestleMania 17 level memory. No, just make it like, oh, I can't believe I got to see this person take on that person in a steel cage match. Never seen it before between those two those two wrestlers. Wow, that's insane. You know, so I'm all for it. This is something that I think is a big win. And I think that especially with all the talent the WWE has, this gives a lot more opportunity for some lesser known talents to shine and really get some exposure and really run with the ball. And I think that going back to this format, I think is nothing but win, especially when you can really establish some cool crossover ideas down the road. I always harken back to Survivor Series. And remember when Adam Cole, baby, went on that massive run yep. that week and you know he really got to raise his stock in front of the WWE Universe's eyes. I think when you can do opportunities like that, when it's Raw versus SmackDown versus NXT, that makes Survivor Series now much more important. And I know I'm thinking down the road here a ways, but getting the hard brand split, you can definitely run a little more with some storylines. You can build up some more characters. You can really 
connect with the WWE universe a little more personal than what you have right now. And not saying what they have right now is bad, but for some of us, we only watch one show a week. Mm-hmm. You know, And I think that there's more of a connection there to go that much further with your fandom. Well, when you have this many people that they have on a roster, I think we're not to an oversaturated part if you do something like this. Because doing a split, that means we're going to see people on TV more. We keep That's kind of what we have in AEW now. Not trying to compare the two, but there's an oversaturation where we don't get to see certain stars as often. And in WWE, that was getting that way a little bit too much too. I mean, they were showcasing a slight few more people, but not a ton. Mm -hmm. With separated shows, you're going to get that. I think we're going to be seeing the brand split. The Triple H brand split, I think, is going not to take its uh, uh, cues from the last brand split, where it was kind of still like, oh, it's a brand split, but, you know, whatever. I think it's going to take its cues from the original brand split. If you remember when Vince McMahon and Ric Flair were picking for Raw and SmackDown and, you know, they kept them completely separate and we got the great moments, which we're going to talk about one of those moments that comes back up in a minute of of when there was a crossover, but it had to be something big and there had to be a moment to it. I don't even think we're going to get the Summer Survivor Series out. I mean, you might. They might mm-hmm. do a classic Survivor Series match, Team Raw, Team SmackDown. That's fine. But I, I think you're you're going to see a real vision of where they want to go. And I, when we jump into this draft, which I know Pat's got the stats up, you're going to definitely see that there was a vision from Triple H, in my opinion. So, with that, Padawan J., uh, go, before you give the draft stats, how did you guys feel how the draft was handled? Because I'm going to say this up front. I kind of was not a fan of the uh, eligible on one day and not the other. I get why they did it for TV. Mm-hmm. So I get that they were trying to keep some big names. So when you got to Raw, it wasn't just like the leftovers and nobody cared. So I get that they did it for TV ratings, but it was still kind of weird to see some people eligible, some people not eligible. And you're like, well, why didn't this person go ahead of this person? Oh, they're not eligible that day. Uh, how did you guys feel about how they handled the actual draft pad? I agree with you. I thought the whole eligible thing was confusing. I think what would have been better is to have done a, I don't want to say necessarily a mock draft, but you know how like on NFL Network, ESPN, they'll come out with a like, oh, best available type of type of deal. I think that would have been better. You know, have everybody, quote, obviously some folks are going to get drafted Friday night and some are going to get drafted Monday night, but have everybody quote unquote available and put out a list of, hey, here's our best available or like the mock draft or the top whatever you know, one to whatever, like, and just see like, oh, like, and, and bring it up. Don't like not ad nauseum, but bring it up like, oh, hey, it's going to be interesting to see, you know, we've gone through the first four picks of, of the first round of the draft. You know, the next logical choice would be Seth Rollins. You know, that's the next best available wrestler to see how, because I felt like with this year, they tried to put like an NFL heavy spin on it mm-hmm. more so than the past, you know, kind of make you give it that NFL vibe because obviously the, the first night was going on during the, the second round of the NFL draft. You know, but do something like that. I agree with you, though. The, the eligibility thing made no sense to me. Get him. What they should have done is had a three-hour show on Peacock and then post it to YouTube and really treat it like an NFL thing where you have somebody representing Raw, whether it's Adam Pierce or, you know, another GM to be named, and then somebody else defending SmackDown. And then having them in like a war room type, like the NFL, mm-hmm. and where they have to call in their pick, and Triple H has to walk to the podium and do that. I think that would have given it like a, a cool vibe and done something that it didn't feel that much confusing. Because I will say, as much as I liked it, I didn't like it that factions were drafted together, mm-hmm. and I thought that that was confusing. Plus, tag teams were drafted together. Like I think if you had that element of 
oh, we could break them up. Like, i.e., I thought the Street Profits should have been separated. You could have had Montez Ford get drafted to the SmackDown and Angelo Dawkins get separated to Ross. Or you, you can kind of tease, like, you know, he, he's trying to get into good graces to get traded back over to reform the team and do, do, do some storylines like that. I think that would have came off a lot better than just it, it seemed very confusing by the time it was all said and done. And I know they did the post shows on what talking smack and raw talk. Yeah. But it's well, well, the, the SmackDown one was some special thing called SmackDown lowdown. That yeah. Was like or whatever first, it's called. And when was the next day? Yeah. Like if they did, I think if they just did one show like that for the internet and just called it a day, I think it would have been fine. But it was very confusing about like, Oh, we can't, draft this person because it's not they're not eligible this day like that didn't make any sense to me yeah like i said from the business standpoint i get it yeah i get why, they're trying but... to drive ratings for the two places and don't want to piss off their, their you know nbc universal and fox <laughs> respectively but it still made it confusing all right let's dive into the draft we'll start with uh you have them do you have them separated by when they happened yes i got it by round and pick and all that other stuff all right so let's start off on friday night smackdown the openings of the draft what do we got yeah so uh the first pick was the bloodline with roman Reigns. Solo Sokoa and Paul Heyman going to SmackDown. Cody Rhodes being drafted to Monday Night Raw. Bianca Belair being drafted to SmackDown. Becky Lynch being drafted to Monday Night Raw. Both Angelo Dawkins and Montez Ford of the Street Profits being drafted to Friday Night SmackDown. Uh, in the, that was in the second round. For this, Also in the second round, you had Gunther Ludwig Kaiser and Giovanni Vinci uh, of, the, of Imperium being drafted to Monday Night Raw. Uh, Edge being drafted to Friday Night SmackDown, and then Matt Riddle being drafted to Monday Night Raw. Uh, for the third round, you had Bobby Lashley being drafted to Friday Night SmackDown. Drew McIntyre being drafted to Monday Night Raw. Uh, and then the OC with AJ Styles, Luke Gallows, Carl Anderson, and Mia Yim being drafted to Friday Night SmackDown. And The Miz being drafted to Monday Night Raw. And then finally, in the fourth round, you had Damage Control and Bailey, Dakota Kai, and EO Sky being drafted to uh, Friday Night SmackDown. Shinsuke Nakamura, for the first time ever in his main roster career, being drafted to uh, Monday Night Raw. Uh, and then you have the first of the NXT call-ups with the NXT Women's Tag Team Champions in Alba Fire and Isla Dawn being drafted to Friday Night SmackDown. And you had the NXT Women's Champion in Indy Hartwell being drafted to Monday Night Raw. Well, there you have it. I well, let's be honest. There was nobody surprised that the number one pick was going to yeah, be. Yeah, that was the, the no brainer. Nope. However, I love the storytelling there in yeah. the, because the Usos not part of the bloodline. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're in the bloodline according to Paul Heyman, but they weren't part of the bloodline pick. And you had plenty of other teams that had more than four members. I mean. Uh, you know, obviously Imperium's three. You had four in the uh, the club, the OC. Yeah. You know, it, you could you could you could have gotten them in there. I know when LWO got drafted, that was five people. Yep. Yep. Because it was the tag team. It was uh, Santos, Selena. Selena. And I mean, obviously that happens on Raw. We'll get to that in a minute. But once again, there was five people, so there's no reason. Other than storyline, and I thought that was really cool and telling. Yeah. And of course, the Usos weren't eligible because of this until Monday. Yeah. So that was kind of interesting. It gave people some time to marinate on it. Of course, well, you know, the main event that night, you know, you had the Usos taking on Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens for the Undisputed Tag Team Championships and Solo Sokoa setting up to take care of business. But we don't know what the business was. He got cut off before he could get to the ring by Matt Riddle. And so we don't know. Maybe he was there to take out yeah. his own brothers. Yeah. Who knows? We don't. Uh, well, we'll find out soon. So I love that storyline. Here's the second part of the storyline I want to throw out, and this is where we'll table it. 
Cody Rhodes to Monday Night Raw, Roman Reigns to SmackDown. This was an ingenious move, and I've seen people hating on it. I've seen people going, oh, they're going to give him the secondary consolation belt, which I'll get to in a minute that the WWE World Heavyweight Championship isn't a consolation belt. We'll kind of wrap that up at the end because I'm going to give my thoughts on that and what's going on with Roman. But here's the thing, folks. That's not what's going to happen here. This is the best way to keep Cody Rhodes and Roman Reigns apart going into WrestleMania next year. I Now I have more confident, unless something weird happens and they change direction, whether it be injury or something just has to happen, that it, it's, it's so on fire that they have to do it for WrestleMania. I think this just locked in that main event. And even furthermore, and I know that we, I said this before and I'll table this here, I said Cody Rhodes would win the Rumble again. And remember, when the Blands were split completely, a certain guy named Chris Benoit, who was on SmackDown, chose to challenge Triple H, who was on Raw when he won the Rumble. Cody Rhodes, I think, is going to do this same fast. I said it before. He's going to go in at number one. He's going to run the field. Roman's going to make the comment that, huh, you know, Roman might make a rare Raw appearance just because it's the day after the Rumble, because I don't think he's going to make us wait long, and just say, hey, you know what, Cody? Congratulations. Or do some kind of video. Congratulations on winning. I know you're going to have a great match against whoever the WWE World Heavyweight Champion is. Right. And mm-hmm. Cody's going to be like, well, here's the thing. That's not who I'm going to face at WrestleMania. Well, what do you mean? Well, I get to pick whatever champion I want. I want your title. I want to beat you at Mania. Yeah, I don't doubt the Raw appearance just because I think they kind of set that up uh, on Monday Night Raw last night with when he, quote-unquote, called in to Paul Heyman in the middle of the opening segment and said, oh, Roman's pulling the strings to as, as many strings as he can to get the matchup with Seth Rollins and Solo Sokoa set up for later tonight. Mm-hmm. So I don't doubt him showing up on Raw. Yeah, and in special occasions like that, especially when attached to a big pay-per-view, I have no problem with it, especially setting up that great storyline. I mean, we also remember, and it wasn't the same show, remember when they were trying to get Big Dave Batista the challenge on yep. the other show, and we got the famous turn on Triple H going into WrestleMania 21. So there's a lot of great things and established things in moments where we can draw from for this. So I really feel like this solidifies it. How do you guys feel about the number one picks for Raw and SmackDown? Roman Reigns, Cody Rhodes, and what the implications are. We'll start with Ken this time. I mean, perfect sense. Because we're building back to, I want to say, arguably, the greatest rematch in WrestleMania history. Arguably. The the fact that Cody and Roman did cross over into pop culture, that's a big deal. That you had a lot more fans that were not wrestling fans tuned in for this. Much along the same lines as the Usos and Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. Keeping them separated and seeing Cody's WWE story play out is going to be compelling television. And it's going to build up that anticipation that, yeah, you get to the Rumble. Yeah, you might think it's predictable. Even if he doesn't win the Rumble and gets the title shot by going into the Elimination Chamber. like They can still do something to keep the suspense there. But it's going to build up for a mania that nobody's ever going to forget. Absolutely. Padawan J. They want to set up for Cody versus Roman, you know, part two at Mania next year. It's pretty clear the writing's on the wall. How they get there, well, yet to be seen. But I think it's smart, and it makes all the sense in the world for them to separate Roman under SmackDown, Cody under Raw, keeps them separate, and that way you don't have to come up with, you know, another, you know, because we're barely, like, what, a month out from WrestleMania, you know. You don't have to sell. You don't have to work another eleven months of storylines of of cat and mouse between Cody and Roman just to string us along and keep them separate. People might start to forget the the frustration, the anger of what happened at WrestleMania might start to fade away a little bit, and then when it comes Rumble time, you bring it up. 
and, then, and then you go right back into it. I'm glad you brought those points up. That was perfect points. That's it's absolutely what it is. You know, if you keep them on the same show, you have to keep making a reason why they can't yeah. fight each other. You have to find this weird loophole why they can't fight each other. And you can throw roadblocks, but there's only so many roadblocks you can throw before everybody just goes, well, this is fucking worthless. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Absolutely. You run into that at other places. But you know what? I think it's a perfect, great way to do it. As far as the rest of the round, I thought that, you know, I, I'm going to wait to really speak on, you know, the title picture here, but I, th- I thought that they did some interesting things in the first round. I, I did like the fact that uh, Bianca Belair gets drafted to SmackDown. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We're changing this up a little bit. Becky Lynch being uh, raw, I, I have no problems with that. Of course, we'd find, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll get to go whoever goes later because there's a lot of storylines in that. But uh, I think the big wins here for not not counting Cody and, and, and Roman, who are the faces. And, you know, speaking of which, I, we didn't even get to speak on this. Paul Heyman did a recent interview where it was amazing, where Paul Heyman said that we're trying to, you know, when people were saying something about Cody, he's like, well, you don't understand what we're trying to do. He's like, let me just paint a picture, but without going into too much detail. Can you imagine a world where we could have a premium? live event in 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 you know somewhere in the united states while also having a great main evented card in london because you have two faces you could have roman here Mm. and maybe a cody Rhodes or somebody over here in the same night it doesn't take away from each other Mm -hmm. could you imagine us running running these he's like i'm not talking about house shows i'm talking about big events could you imagine doing two PLEs on the same day from somewhere, two different locations? Because obviously if we do one in England, it's going to come on early in the day and we do one from the States. But we have the capabilities if you have the two stars to draw. Oh, yeah. And I was like, that's impressive. That's brilliant. You know? yeah. And I think that's what they're doing with this roster split overall. Uh, my, big, my big takeaways here, Imperium to Raw. I'm Ooh. a big fan. Yes. I'm, yeah. I'm going to jump in later why I'm a huge fan of that. And then uh, I'm also a big fan of Nakamura to Raw. Yeah, first time in his main roster uh, career. Give me Shinsuke versus Gunther. It's going to happen. Don't it's you worry. It's going to happen. Like I said, we're going to jump into that title tournament after we talk more. Uh, so there was supplemental drafts. Who got supplemental draft on that weird Saturday show? Yeah, so this was the Saturday show that dropped at like noon or whatever it was. Uh, the next of the NXT call-ups was Apollo Crews got drafted to Monday Night Raw. Candice LeRae was drafted to Monday Night Raw. Chelsea Green and Sonya Deville were uh, drafted to Monday Night Raw as a tag team. Dexter Lewis drafted to Monday Night Raw. You had Hit Row with Ashante the Adonis, B-Fab, and Top Dalla drafted to Friday Night SmackDown. J.D. McDonough, another NXT call-up, was drafted to Monday Night Raw. Lacey Evans drafted to Friday Night SmackDown. Maximum Male Models with Massey, Mansoor, and Maxine Dupree drafted to Monday Night Raw. Natalia drafted to Monday Night Raw. The Viking Raiders in Eric, Ivar, and Valhalla drafted to Monday Night Raw. And the next of the NXT call-ups, Zoe Stark drafted to Monday Night Raw. Pretty impressive on the call-ups and stuff. I, I, I have no problem with those yeah. rounding it out. I, I see some big stuff there. Yeah, no, I was super excited about the Raw lineup. Zoe Stark, I think, is going to be like the uh, sleeper in this draft, too. I think. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, because I think... The only thing I, that she, I, she needs to work on is like a real character, but she can go in the ring and she can literally have a match with the best of them and really put on a five-star show. Talk about elevating women's wrestling. I think that they did that in this draft 100%. Mm-hmm. Anything you want to add before we move on, Padawanji? No, it was an interesting supplemental draft, how they did it. You know, the fact, I know a lot of people online were talking about how SmackDown only got two picks and Raw got all the rest of them, but yeah, it's all, it's all, it's to even, it's, it's even it out. Yeah, yeah especially Raw's, it a, Raw's a longer show. So Three they get hours. More, yeah. yeah. So there's probably some consideration. Once again, you got to remember, if we're splitting 
the lineups. And this is what I'm saying. I understand it was herky and jerky how we get some of this, but if we're really splitting the lineups to try to maximize who can be on TV and storylines and everything else and we're going to do this right, I think this is the best way. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Uh, and then we get into the second round of the or the second night, I should say, of draw, uh, draft picks, which was on Monday Night Raw. Uh, for the first round, you had Rhea Ripley taken number one overall, uh, drafted to Monday Night Raw. Austin Theory, the United States champion, of course, being drafted to Friday Night SmackDown. Seth Rollins drafted to Monday Night Raw. And then Charlotte Flair drafted to Friday Night SmackDown. In the second round, you had Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn, of course, the undisputed WWE Tag Team Champions, drafted to Monday Night Raw. The Usos and Jimmy and Jay Uso drafted to Friday Night SmackDown. You had The Judgment Day with Finn Balor, Damian Priest, and Dominic Mysterio drafted to Monday Night Raw. And then you had Latino World Order in Rey Mysterio, Santos Escobar, Cruz Del Toro, Joaquin Wilde, and Zelina Vega drafted to Friday Night SmackDown. Uh, and then in the third round, you had the WWE Women's Tag Team Champions, Liv Morgan and Raquel Rodriguez drafted to Monday Night Raw. Asuka drafted to Friday Night SmackDown. You have The New Day in Kofi Kingston and Xavier Woods drafted to Monday Night Raw. Uh, and you had The Brawling Brutes with Sheamus, Ridge Holland, key, key word, Ridge Holland, uh, and Butch drafted to Friday Night SmackDown. In the fourth round, you had Trish Stratus drafted to Monday Night Raw. Karrion Cross with Scarlett drafted to Friday Night SmackDown. Ronda Rousey and Shayna Baszler drafted to Monday Night Raw. LA Knight drafted to Friday Night SmackDown. Uh, and then in the fifth round, you had Braun Strowman and Ricochet drafted to Monday Night Raw. Shotzi drafted to Friday Night SmackDown. Bronson Reed drafted to Monday Night Raw. Pretty Deadly, the next of the NXT call-ups, drafted to Friday Night SmackDown. Alpha Academy drafted to Monday Night Raw with Chad Gable and Otis. Rick Boogs drafted to Friday Night SmackDown. Katana Chance and Caden Carter, the next of the NXT call-ups, drafted to Monday Night Raw. And then Cameron Grimes uh, from NXT drafted to SmackDown. So SmackDown is clearly going where, Ken? To the moon! I apologize. I made everybody's ears pop. I don't care. I marked out when he got called. Let, let me talk to you. Let me talk to you. Uh, I will say this before we go. I want to get to supplemental because I want to wrap some of these things up like constantly. But I will say I love the story of the Titans even in here. Remember, once again, Rhea Ripley is drafted, not with a judgment day, and then basically threatens if you don't have it, I'm going to recal. So they draft judgment day. Yeah. I thought that was interesting. And I also liked there was a little bit of uh, upsetness when the Usos got drafted to SmackDown. Yeah, <laughs> that was a little surprising. I liked it, though. A story, good storytelling over two days. What hit us off with the other supplementals? Yeah, so this took place on Raw Talk, which aired immediately after Monday Night Raw on the Peacock. Uh, you had Akira Tozawa drafted to Monday Night Raw. Dana Brooke drafted to Monday Night Raw. Emma drafted to Monday Night Raw. Grayson Waller called up from NXT and drafted to Friday Night SmackDown. You had Indus Shur in Jinder Mahal, Sangha, and Veer Mahan. Yes, Fear Veer, he's coming back. Drafted to Monday Night Raw. Johnny Gargano drafted to Monday Night Raw. Los Lotharios, so that's Angel and Humberto, drafted to Monday Night Raw. Nikki Cross uh, drafted to Monday Night Raw. Odyssey Jones, uh, the last of the NXT call-ups, drafted to Monday Night Raw. Piper Niven drafted to Monday Night Raw. Riddick Moss drafted to Monday Night Raw. Tamina drafted to Friday Night SmackDown. And then you had Tegan Knox and Zia Lee both drafted to Monday Night Raw. Couple other known names to note. These are quote unquote free agents, uh, with the exception of being Brock Lesnar, because Brock Lesnar, in the words of uh, Michael Cole and, and Kevin Patrick, does what Brock Lesnar wants. He's a free agent. He can show up on whatever show he wants. Uh, the rest of these folks currently do not have a home, and I'm sure we'll see storylines of where they end up. Baron Corbin. 
Cedric Alexander and Shelton Benjamin, Dolph Ziggler, Elias, Mustafa Ali, Omas with MVP, Von Wagner from NXT, and then Zion Quinn from NXT. Yes. So those are all your call-ups and stuff that are going to be, and you're right. I think there's going to be some, you know, tryouts and stuff. We had that in the original draft, yeah, we too, did. if you remember. Yeah. So, uh, and of course, Brock Lesnar and Logan Paul are two different, uh, you know, they're just, they're, they're attractions. Yeah. And that is why they're not picked on a show, ladies and gentlemen. And some people are like, well, see, they're already loophole. No, no, no. You're taking two gigantic attractions. Uh, you just want to be able to use them where you can use them. Mm-hmm. That's all that is. Uh, and I'm fine with that. So let's talk about the big picture. Cause I, I, you know, we could talk about picks and how great they are, but you got to look at the big picture. And I think triple H painted us a picture. I'm going to take you guys through steps and I want your opinions on my take and your take. So let's take you through the, obviously we have title belts. So the easy ones to go with right now is each brand has a women's championship. Please God, please for the love of God, let's not do the trade like last time. Can we do it yeah. off screen at least? You yeah. know what I mean? Cause I understand cause the raw women's champion went to SmackDown. The SmackDown's women's champion went to raw. The Becky and they could just, just have them show up with the other belts. We just yeah. switched them. I'm just throwing that out there. Yeah. Or, let's or, not do that dumb shit or do something for a WWE.com exclusive that yeah. you put on YouTube. There you go. That's fine. I, I just don't want the dumb shit again. Secondly, uh, we we switched the mid card titles. So now the U.S. titles over on SmackDown. The Intercontinental title with Gunther is on Raw. So that's fine. Now we've we've settled those belts pretty easily. Here's where we're gonna jump into what I think that we all agree on here. They will probably separate the tag team titles. Mm-hmm. Probably. Yeah. I'm assuming that the SmackDown tag titles will go back to SmackDown. The Raw ones will stay on Raw with Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens. Now I'm gonna hear the internet and I'm gonna solve this for you real quick because we're gonna talk more about the titles. But I want to get this out of the way and then get your guys' take before we move on to other belts because I have other things to say. Uh, but. The tag titles. Well, why would you split those ones, but you didn't split Romans and you created a new one? It's simple. Roman Reigns is on the most epic run of the modern era, right? Can we all agree on that? Oh, most yeah. Oh, yeah. Without run? question. Yeah, yeah. So if he's, even if he turns over a belt, that's a loss, right? Like, yeah. he yeah. doesn't lose yeah. in the ring. But let's say they go, hey, Roman, hand me one of those belts. That's that's losing a belt for him, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You can't do that. So you have to create another belt. And here's the here's the simple of it. I think Rome is going to negate those two belts into one belt. It's going to be the WWE Undisputed Universal Championship. It'll probably happen at Night of Champions because that is the 1,000th day. We have seen the design of the all-gold belt mm-hmm. right. that is run around. And I think that's going to be the belt. I could be wrong, but I think that's going to be the belt. Yeah. The reason also is if you would have handed him over, he would have kept the universal title, obviously, because that's the belt that he'll have hold for a thousand days as of the Saudi show at the end of May. Mm-hmm. Then that means that he takes the WWE championship with its lineage and basically says this belt's worthless. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If you mix them together, those two belts have the same lineage and they have a new belt that has a whole new lineage. And therefore, if you're not destroying the WWE title, because that is part of the universal title. And on top of that, you're not sacrificing a loss to Roman. Whereas Sammy and uh, Kevin, yes, they just won him in a big main event at WrestleMania, but they've had the belts for what a month, give or take, give or take. So therefore, handing those belts over, not handing over the SmackDown titles and keeping the Raw titles, not a big deal. Now they could do something where they create a new title on the other show, sure, and they just meld those two belts together. It, it, either way, it's that's what they're going to do. Mm-hmm. So that's my opinion. Do you guys think that's right or wrong, starting with Pad? No, I think you're right. And, and in fact, I was going to say, I thought on Monday Night Raw they were going to give up the, the SmackDown titles last night because mm-hmm. I can't remember if it was Kevin or Sammy, but when they were doing the backstage bit before they went out to help Matt Riddle with his match, I forget if it was Kevin or Sammy, but one of them was holding their SmackDown title belts while their Raw belts was around their waist. 
And it's just whoever was had a look on his face of like, they don't really want to give it up, but they're going to give it up. I'm like, oh, are they about to like relinquish these belts because they're raw now and they're not SmackDown and they can't defend them on SmackDown anymore? And then they just kind of went about it. So I thought they were going to give up their SmackDown belts last night on, on Monday Night Raw. Um, but but they didn't. So, no, I agree with you. I, th- I think they're going to simply do the easy thing, you know, keep the Raw ones since they're both on Raw, drop the SmackDown ones and do a tournament on SmackDown. Yeah, I mean, that's the easiest way to do it, and especially with Roman. I mean, you hit, the, you hit it right on the head. They're going to just start fresh with Raw, and it's going to be the new era. It's going to be whatever Triple H wants to establish with this new title. I know they teased about Roman coming after it, but obviously, unless you're going to have that with Cody winning it by the time they get to Mania, it doesn't really make a lot of sense. I don't think they're going to bring them back together. Yeah, I don't, no. I don't, I don't either. I think they should be separate because if you really want to establish this brand separation, you need to do it. And I think that if it's anything – your champion, unless they do like an option C like impact to to go over and challenge Roman, which I like that. I said, I don't think they're going to, but it's like it doesn't make sense. Like build up your brand, build up your shows and run with it and give people that incentive to watch. And like Roman Roman is on just on a different level than everybody. So it's like trying to compare it and, you know, do something where it would diminish what he's done, I think is just foolish. Plus, if they decide to do a tournament on SmackDown, obviously the Usos are going to be involved for those tag team titles. What's the one thing they keep talking about uh, on Friday Night SmackDown and Monday Night Raw with, with the, the bloodline? Oh, there's, there's cracks in the bloodline between Roman and the Usos. How do you further those cracks? Have the Usos enter into that title and not even make it to the finals, and then they lose. It would be epic if they lost first round. Well, I just want to throw this out there. Speaking of which, not even touching on it, the WWE World Heavyweight Tunnel, we already know there's going to be a tournament in build yeah. to going to Saudi for Night of Champions. And now you're going to have a tournament probably for tag titles that does the same thing. Yeah. Once again, we know Sammy and Kevin will not be in Saudi Arabia. Mm-hmm. Nope. So therefore, we still have tag titles on the show. Because remember back when people were like, well, they're going to make them lose it just because they won't be able on the show. No, no. We'll just crown new champions. Yeah. It'll be okay. And it's all good. Everybody's fine. Everybody's hunky-dory, and we're good to go. Uh, also, like I said, if you look at how they – speaking of the tag division, they divided up the tag teams relatively good. Yeah, yeah. We have two strokes with strong tag teams, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. That's just my opinion. Now let's move on. You know, the women's division, obviously, like I said, stayed the same. We're going to swap belts. So, But the one interesting point, and, I, and, and very few people on the internet picked up on this, but I have picked up on this, and I'm running it by you. We know that Triple H has recently said that he would really like to revamp all tag divisions. Not just the men's, but the women's. Is it not lost on anybody that the home of the women's tag team division is Monday Night Raw? No, because no, the, I caught it, that. Yeah, because wherever we got drafted to. The only tag team that's not on Raw is Damage Control, and they're less of a tag team, especially since we're pretty sure they're going to separate. Separate. Yeah. But at the same time, that's the only tag team not on Raw. Every other women's tag team is on Raw. Mm-hmm. Well, what the the only tag team I think they've had, not counting Dakota Kai and Io Sky, but the only tag team tag team they've had between the three of them is is the wrestlemania match right so here's the thing that i want to point out there is the the greatest part about this is now there's a real women's division on a three-hour show yeah so i think we're going to see a real women's tag team match every week at least one tag team match if not a title match every once in a while and here's think about it you have Liv and raquel there Mm -hmm. you have Shayna and ronda there you have now uh chance and carter there yeah you have uh uh alba fryer and Isla Dawn, Dawn there. You have the tag team champions over there. Uh, so you have all you have everybody there. 
Yeah, you're pl- ready to go. Plus, you have a lot of uh, plug and plays. Oh yeah, you could plug and play. But also, you have a you have enough over there where you've brought all these women over that are tag teams that you can solidify and make real tag teams. Mm-hmm. And on top of that, you still have enough to have singles wrestlers. Yeah, because you're not losing star power there. Your champion's Rhea Ripley, dominant champion. Mm-hmm. Then you have Becky Lynch. You have Trish Stratus. Yeah, you know, like yeah. they have a they have a they have a roster. They have a roster. Yeah. In my opinion. I think that they did a good job, even on the other side. What they did on the other side is we have a real strong women's roster. Mm-hmm. A real strong. You have Bianca yeah. Belair as your champion Asuka. right now, but you got Asuka. Charlotte. You got Bailey. You got Charlotte. You got EO Sky. You got Dakota Kai. You know, and you know, and the list goes on. I'm not trying to leave any I'm not trying to list everybody. Right, right. I thought that they did a good job separating ones. And then also, like I said, less not a lot of people are talking about it. They moved the women's tag division just to Raw. Now it's not clunky. Now it's not on two shows. And if you want to make up for that, you could make another belt for not win, or you know maybe a single women's title on the other show. But I don't even think you need to do that right now. I think that I think build up some stuff, let it go. What are your guys' thoughts about the women's division overall with the splits and of course the tag division? Looks very strong. Looks very strong on both brands. And I think the tag team division on Raw is going to be absolute fire. Like I think it's going to be, you know. Such a deep talent pool, you could really do some storylines. You can even build up that mid card to get to the number one contendership. Like I say, that's how deep this this talent pool is that they have, and they created. I thought the NXT call ups was very telling about that too. That uh, even like the ramifications of going on with the main event tonight as we're recording, I think are going to play into Raw. And I wouldn't doubt that we see some other tag teams get called up, and you know, like a late addition when the you know down the road. This is just nothing but win. Yeah, no, I, th- I think for the time being, because I, I think obviously this will change after a while, but for a while, the women's tag team division is going to be the most slept on division in WWE because for a while since their, the belt's inception, it's been forgotten. It's been a bunch of thrown together, random tag team matchups, but now you've got a bunch of teams in there that you know that have been teaming for a little while, not super long like the Usos or New Day, but still long enough they're like, oh yeah, you see them, you go, oh right, that's one half of the tag team. You know, with if Raquel Rodriguez comes out, you know, or does a backstage segment, lives off some book doing something else, you go, oh right, she tags with Liv. You see Ronda, oh right, she tags with Shayna. There's enough there that like you you start to recognize it and it's going to get better. Absolutely, that's what I'm saying. And I think uh, and, and speaking of it, I think Triple H saying that he was, was going to focus on tag wrestling it looks like he's doing it because like I said in the men's division too they split them pretty evenly we have real teams that are together we're going from there i'm I'm excited to see where we go in the tag divisions overall and the women's division let's talk lastly before we close out the draft of course we'll, we'll mention anything we didn't mention but let's talk about the world wwe world heavyweight championship and the tournament and what i think this means let's look at the rosters this is what i told you guys earlier and i, I this is one of the things that excited me and this is not disparaging to anybody mm-hmm. when you look at smackdown where you have your champion as Roman Reigns. And you see the draft. What did they draft around Roman? They drafted probably the best. And once again, this is not disparaging. Sports entertainers they could. Mm. Yes. Oh, they they have one of the best rosters. I mean, we have L.A. Knight. Let me talk to you. You got Cameron Grimes. I mean, he's on the lower to card. To the moon. But think, about, think about this. Fox, they're putting the entertainment. Now, mind you, you have the stalwart great wrestlers like AJ Styles over there. Mm-hmm. Right, but at the same point in juncture, they are definitely trying to gear the SmackDown show towards that two-hour audience on Fox. Right, and I think in the more entertainment fashion. Yeah, not saying that there's not going to be good wrestling over there. Don't take that away because I right. think there's going to be a lot of great wrestling. Now look at Raw. 
Remember when Triple H came out and everybody was confused about that statement for the WWE World Heavyweight Title, mm-hmm. which they shouldn't have been. He was basically telling you we're doing a strict brand split and Raw's gonna have Raw's gonna have a champion because we all knew SmackDown was gonna take Roman. Yeah. Oh yeah. What did they do? What did he say? It's gonna be a belt that's going to be worked for. It's gonna be a belt that's gonna be defended. It's gonna be a belt that is going to always have people on the line. And there's always gonna be contenders. Right? Mm-hmm. What does that mean in wrestling? That means it's a worker's belt. Yep. You know, you have the mid-card belts, which throughout time have been the worker's belt. But what they're doing with the WWE World Heavyweight Championship, and because it's Triple H, a worker's worker, yeah, is they've made the worker's belt. How do we prove this? Well, who's on Raw? Who's going to be in this tournament? I'm not, We don't know the exact brackets yet, but I can tell you, Guther, mm-hmm. Cody Rhodes, mm-hmm. Seth, Seth Rollins, Shinsuke Nakamura. McIntyre. Drew McIntyre. Miz, maybe. Miz. Well, Miz is a worker. Yeah. yeah. You know, even even fucking Brian Danielson said, just, hey, I don't like the guy, but I respect his work ethic. Just I respect on, him. Just depends on how big they want to make the bracket. Yeah. Right. But I'm just saying, like, look at all the guys on Raw now. The, the top tier of the Raw roster is all the workers. Yeah. And I'm not saying, I shouldn't say all, because there's guys on SmackDown. Don't get me no, wrong. No, but, but when you're looking at the, the calling card of Raw. Finn Balor. Yeah. Yeah, like I say, they they have got all the 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 workers on there that are gonna like that's what they're known for more than their characters, mm-hmm. and that's where you're gonna see some of the best pro wrestling on that three hour show, and especially going into this tournament, like they're gonna really want to pull out all the stops. Like this is literally gonna be a stacked tournament from top to bottom. So I'm gonna tell you, Triple H, here's here's the vision, and he painted a beautiful picture. And if you don't see this, and I'm pointing it out, and this is the first time, listen to it, and please believe this is real. They not only split the rosters because it gives people more time, makes storylines easier, but they split them as we talked about the women's tag divisions on Raw, so we don't have to cross over anymore. Mm-hmm. We're right. going to have a strong tag division on both shows. We have a strong mid card on both shows. We have a strong main event scene on both shows, but both shows are going to have an identity. We talked about this on the ODPH this week with football teams in the draft. There's a little plug in. Check that out. Talk about the NFL Draft, ODPH Podcast. I was a special guest on there, so go ahead and check that out. See? Shameless plug-in for myself and for you guys as well. Love it. Shill, baby, shill. But here's the thing. What we talked about, there was teams that made mistakes because they have no identity. I think WWE is finally, under Triple H, here with this draft, and I want to hear you guys' opinions, giving us two identities. He's given us the entertaining show that is made for the masses who watch on network television, so that's SmackDown. Mm-hmm. And now we have Raw, which is now made up of, and I'm not saying there's not entertainers there. Because, listen, if you don't believe that Shinsuke Nakamura and the Miz are entertainers, yeah. check out that promo from this past week. That was uh-huh. amazing. Check out guys like, you know, Adam and, or not Adam, sorry, Sammy and Kevin. And there's a lot of entertainers, but they all can go in the ring, too. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying everybody on SmackDown can't, but, you know, the focus is going to be on the glamour and the glitz and the fact that the tribal chief, the dominant champion's here. And over here, everybody's fucking working for scraps, baby. Yeah. They're fighting to be the top dog. And after they get there, they got to keep fighting to stay the top dog. And and that's what we're getting. We're basically getting this. This is the wrestling show. This is the sports entertainment show. Not saying wrestling's not going on in the two, but they have two identities. One is going to be the flashier show. That's SmackDown that you can digest. Raw is going to be where we're going to watch people fight for belts. Mm-hmm. I think he described that when he was talking about it. And that's what we saw in this draft. Am I right? Am I wrong? And what are your final thoughts, starting with Padawan Jake? No, I think you're 100% right. I think with the the World Heavyweight Championship that they're going to crown at Night of Champions, I think Triple H kind of laid out what they're going to do with it. Whereas with you have with Roman, and listen, I'm not shitting on the guy. He's earned it at this point. But with Roman, 
How many times has he defended that belt on television? You can probably count it on, on your two hands. In this thousand plus days he's he'll have reached, how many times that show that belt's been defended on SmackDown? You know, I think they're gonna like you said, they're gonna make it the work workhorse belt that you're gonna go back to seeing, you know, a main event belt defended on Raw. Now I'm not saying it's gonna be every week, but it's gonna be every couple of weeks, every so often. It's gonna be more frequent than what we're used to lately in the last five, ten years. The t- both tag team divisions are absolutely stacked. It's going to be awesome to see both of those tag team divisions flourish. The women's division has always been good, and it's going to get even better. And I agree with you. I don't think we're done seeing NXT call-ups. I think some of the guys that you might have expected to get called up uh, on Friday or Monday that weren't, hey, listen, they got some storylines down on NXT. They're not exactly done yet. We've seen that in the past with the WWE draft. After a guy's storyline is done at NXT and it's time for that call-up, all of a sudden, hey, there's this new free agent in the pool. They have a couple of tryout matches, one at SmackDown, one at Raw, and then ultimately they quote-unquote decide where they're going to go. So we could still see some guys like a Braun Breaker, like a Joe Gacy, whoever else, get called up later in, in the year. We'll see. It's exciting. I don't know. We wait a year and we get a more seasoning. Either way, it works. Go ahead, Ken. This is the closest we're going to get back to the ruthless aggression era where Paul Heyman was running SmackDown and Eric Bischoff was running Raw. Yeah. Except it's now been amplified to a degree that wrestling fans just sit back, relax, and enjoy. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, listen, the most important team is on Monday Night Raw, and that is the way. Yeah, the way is there. Gargano, Candice, Indy Hartwell, and Dexter Loomis are on the way. Austin Theory, running scared. Yeah. Ah, yes, there you go. Well, you know what? Overall, I thought the WWE draft was great. I think that we're going to have to wait to see where it pans out, but I think that there's a lot of great implications coming out of it, as we just talked about. But there's one more thing we got to talk about, because that's not it for WWE this week. WWE's got a big PLE coming up, premium live event on the Peacock, cock, cock, the, the peacock. peacock, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, May the 6th. That's this upcoming Saturday from the, and I'm and hopefully I don't fuck this one, the Coliseo de Puerto Rico, Jose Miguel Argolet <laughs> Arena. <laughs> in San Juan, Puerto Rico. Of course, we're talking about WWE Backlash. I know some people dropped the WrestleMania in there, but no, the poster says Backlash. Yeah. We're back to just back. It's not WrestleMania Backlash. It is just Backlash now. And this is going to finish, literally, this is going to finish off our storylines from WrestleMania, maybe start some new ones. And it's a, it's a pretty stacked card. There's some matches that made me scratch my head, but it's a pretty stacked card. You ready to talk about it? Let's do it. Let's talk about the biggest one to scratch my head to. And that is Seth freaking Rollins going one-on-one with the free agent, Giant Omus, with MVP in his corner. <laughs> I think it's just a way to get Seth on there to be the Giant Slayer now? I think it's a way to have Seth really establish, like, I'm going to go for the world championship. And defeating the, you know, the Giant of Omus, I think is a good way to get that ball rolling. Cool. Go ahead. Hey, I can't figure out why this is a matchup, especially when it was announced. You know, they had yet to have any sort of on-screen interaction at all. You know, whether it be an in-ring matchup, backstage meetup, seeing it catering together in a backstage, that, like literally never been seen on screen together. So, uh, Ken, I think we can just chalk this up to reasons. reasons. Very good, boys. Very good. Uh, it's it's going to be something. We'll, we'll see what happens. So are we all going Seth Rollins on this? Oh, yeah, easy. Yeah. All right, we're all on Seth Rollins. All right, next up, we got, uh, let's get it. Now, that was actually the only one that was out of place. Because let's start with this one. For the WWE SmackDown Women's Champion, your SmackDown Women's Champion, Rhea Ripley, going against Zelina Vega. Now, I understand that Rhea's on Raw. Zelina's on SmackDown now. Mm-hmm. They're... 
there could be a title change here. Maybe they'll swerve us. I doubt it, though. But it is for the SmackDown Women's title as of right now. This is going to be a sleeper match, to be honest with you, because Zelina doesn't get a chance to wrestle that often, uh, at least when she was over in on Raw. So SmackDown, I think, might be a, a catalyst to get her more ring time, which it would be great because she can go. Uh, this is going to be a fun match, but I, I just don't see them doing the switch where like Rhea would drop the belt to her and then um, you know, go from there. So, no, I think it's going to be Rhea for the win. I think it's going to be Rhea for the win, too. I think it's going to be a really good match because, like I said on ODPH, you know, a lot of people forget Zelina Vega is a singles wrestler, and I think this is going to remind them of that. Uh, and, and I think with regards to the whole title thing, and this will spoil what I think for a later match, I think the belts will be exchanged later this night. Later on that night. I, I could agree with you there. Let's talk about the women's title match over in Raw. The Raw women's champion, Bianca Belair, defending against EO Sky with damage control in her corner. Of course, once again, both these ladies are on SmackDown, and it is for the Raw women's championship. We're finishing up loose ends. Uh, I fully anticipate uh, Bianca Belair and still your thoughts, Padawan J. And still, Bianca, listen, she's on a run that is very good for the uh, women's division, and we'll see what happens after this. But like you said, both of these women are SmackDown wrestlers. I, th- I think it's going to be an and still with Bianca Belair, and then at some point after, whichever match comes after, whichever match goes on second with the women's championship matches, they'll do a backstage thing where they exchange the belts or maybe something for the web. There you go. I like it. Go ahead, Ken M. This is going to end very messy. Ba- Bailey's going to do something that costs the yield of the match, and uh, the breakup of damage control is coming. So, Bianca for the win. Absolutely. <coughs> Let's go on now to the triple threat match for the WWE United States Championship. Your champion, Austin Theory, taking on the almighty Bobby Lashley. And, of course, Bronson Reed. Interesting here. Bronson Reed is a Raw competitor. The other two are SmackDown. So, Bronson Reed, if he wins the WWE United States Championship, brings that back to Raw. It, could they pull the trigger there? They could, honestly, because it would be messy. It would kind of look so weird. I could also I could get behind that, by the way. However, I don't think that they're going to. I either think we're going to crown Ann new with Bobby Lashley or, and still, by shenanigans, because I can see Bobby Lashley going on to work one Roman Reigns. Mm-hmm. I agree with you, and that's where I think they're going to. I think this is theories. Absolutely. There's no way, like, in kayfabe theory should make it out of this alive. Oh, hell no. Between the... the muscular physique that is Bobby Lashley going up against, you know, the quote unquote tsunami that is Bronson Reed, you know, that is his finishing move. But listen, Austin Theory is playing such a smarmy little heel. He's going to figure out a way to get out of this. Something's going to happen between Bobby Lashley and Bronson Reed. They're going to knock each other out. One of them is going to fall out of the ring and Theory is going to come sneaking in there, you know, like a little smarmy prick he is and get the pin and retain. I can see that happen. I can see that happening. Next up, six-man tag team extravaganza as the team of Matt Riddle and the, as of right now, the undisputed WWE World Tag Team Champions, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn, taking on the bloodline, Solo Sokoa, Jey Uso, Jimmy Uso, with the wise man in their corner, six-man extravaganza. What do you got, Ken M? Solo turns on Jey Uso Mm. and costs him the match. So, so in the process, the Usos get ousted. Yep. And uh, Riddle and Sami Zayn and uh, Kevin Owens riding the sunset as your winners. Yep. Like it. Padawan J. I think ultimately Riddle, Owens, and Sami Zayn are going to win, but I agree with Kevin. There's some sort of shenanigans that's going to go on leading to the bloodline loss. Like, this is not going to be a – because when's the last time we had a clean pin win for the bloodline? 
That's good points. Uh, I'm going to go with you guys on this. I think that Solo will either walk away, which will cost them the match, or he'll you know, beat them down. Or if he gets taken out and they lose, after the match, we'll see some after the match beat down by Solo on the Usos. I think the Usos are ousted at uh, Backlash. You don't think, just hypothetically saying, because I'm not up to date on contracts, uh, Tamatanga and maybe Hikulu? Maybe, but oh. I don't. I don't know. Like, I don't know. Like, Hikaleu and uh, Tamatanga would be cool, but I don't know if you actually need that currently. Maybe no, but the, like they come in like that was the plan. Like Solo takes them out and like that they help the they that it could happen if they're I don't know what their contract. Yeah, that's the only thing. I'll just I'll just throw that as like. But that would be a cool was, that would be cool wild card if you will. But a, uh, a super leap. Either way, I, I would be surprised if the Usos are still members of the Bloodline at the end of the night. Yeah, or maybe they they swerve us in the Usos. Turn their back on Solo. Ooh. Double super kick his ass before he could strike. Because, <laughs> yeah. I mean, Jey Uso is starting to put things together, it looked like, in that locker room on Raw. Yeah. All right. Next up, one of the big matches of the night. The American Nightmare. Cody Rose goes one-on-one with a beast. Barack Lesnar. Padawan Jay, thoughts on this one? Boy, I don't know how this one's going to go. I thought initially when they uh, announced the World Heavyweight Championship, and I, I sat there and I'm like, oh, son of a bitch. This is going to be for the Cody versus Brock's going to be for that belt, isn't it? Then they announced the tournament because I thought, well, if it's for the belt, LOL, Brock wins. You know, but then they announced the tournament. Like, All right, maybe Cody has a shot. And I think ultimately Cody's going to win, but it's not going to be necessarily, you know, a straight up one, two, three pin. I think something's going to happen that leads to helping Cody win. I don't know what it is, but I think there's going to be some sort of wild, weird, wild and weird finish with this. Get him. Cody somehow finds John Cena's padlock that oh. he used to defeat Brock Lesnar way back when <laughs> at Backlash all those years ago, and that's how it's going to end. Cody, he's going to win by shenanigans, which will only set Brock off to ruin him from winning Money in the Bank when that happens. It's like Cody, Cody's sitting in the locker room in a backstage segment. A UPS package shows up. Uh, excuse me, Mr. Mr. Rhodes, I have a package for you. And you just look on, on the box. It says John Cena's name on it. I'm going to say this. I think it's going to – I don't think it will be like weird shenanigans like that. I think what will happen is like he'll reverse an F5 into a roll-up. I don't think he's going to beat Lesnar dominant. I think Lesnar's going to beat him down. He's going to get like a roll-up win. So it's a shock win to Lesnar, so it's not a real like true victory. Uh, it might lead to a slight beatdown after the match. Maybe, maybe not. It depends on what they're feeling. And uh, I think that uh, – actually, I think it will lead to a beatdown because I think that's why he won't win the WWE World Heavyweight Tournament. I think he'll be injured. Mm. Uh, I think he'll try to fight back before money in the bank. This is if I'm booking it once again, but I think this is kind of a good road, and I'm with you. And money in the bank, Cody, I'll be on the top of the ladder. The ladder will get yanked out from him, F5, onto a ladder or some shit, and we'll set up Cody versus Brock once again at SummerSlam with a more definitive win there, if yeah. you will. Uh, next up, we have the what I'm assuming to be the main event. If not, it's a special attraction match anyways. I know the house is going to be hot for this as Bad Bunny goes one-on-one with Damian Priest and Hassan Juan Street Fight. I would be surprised if this doesn't go on last. I understand Cody and, and Brock can go on last. No, this is last. But I think they, this should go on last. In my opinion, Bad Bunny's earned that uh, credit. He's the host of the show. Plus, he's going to be in this match. I love what I see from Bad Bunny. I'm going to be surprised if Bad Bunny doesn't win in his hometown just because it'll be a lot of fun. I don't think this match is like an overtop. And this is no one's, there's nothing on Damian Priest. Damian Priest being trusted to go out there and main event a show with Bad Bunny shows you where his pecking order on the card is. I think big things from Damian Priest coming into Raw is he's got, listen to him on the mic. He kills it on the mic. He kills it in the ring. I think Damian Priest is going to be a big star in the not too distant future. Mm. You're probably looking at the WWE World Heavyweight Champion within the next couple years. 
Oh, easily. Yeah. I think this one is going to be Bad Bunny all day. It's going to be an entertaining match. Like, that will be the one thing about it. You, you'll have some run-ins here and there. Oh, you're, we're definitely going to get the Judgment Day run-in in the LWO, right? Yeah, like, that, that's a lock. So, yep, yep. it's just going to be a fun way to cap off the show. Yeah, it's, it's a good way to close the show out, send the crowd home happy, because there's no way they're letting Bad Bunny lose in, in Puerto Rico. Their, their first show in Puerto Rico, or first premium live event in Puerto Rico, in Lord knows how many years, you know, there's no, there's just no way. Well, you know, it would be a feel-good moment, but I could see them having Damian Priest win, too. I could give that credit. Yeah, Is Shinsuke and Karrion K- Cross on this card? No, no. they're not. No, okay. They're not. There's seven matches announced. They might add a match. Okay. But I'm I'm thinking they're at their limit here. I, th- I think the Shinsuke Karrion match is for SmackDown, which is okay. Which is technically in Puerto Rico, but I don't think it's at this point. Right. It is in Puerto Rico. Okay. SmackDown Friday is in Puerto Rico. I wasn't, I wasn't 100% sure. So Friday and Saturday are in Puerto Rico, and I do believe that you're right, Pad, that the Shinsuke versus Karrion Cross, they're ending that feud, if you will, because... Shinsuke's going to Raw. Shinsuke's yeah. going to Raw, and Karrion is staying on Smack Dizzles. You know, next week we'll be back to review all that goes on at WWE Backlash. But that's our opinions on what's going on at Backlash. Before we get out of here, though, because that's going to do it for the show, Ken M, tell him one more time. Or actually, you're going to defer to Padawan J? Yeah, why not? Tell him how to find the ODPH Podcast. ODPHpodcast.com. There you go. Keep it short, sweet, and simple. And I'll do it too. If you're trying to get a hold of me in the 3FN podcast, 3FNpodcast.com. Next week, we will be back to review. That's right. Review all the happenings and goings on at Backlash and beyond. We'll talk wrestling news. We'll hit you with that indie roundup and so much more. Until then, for myself, for Ken M, for our special guest, Padawan J. Padawan, give me one, one good one. Fuck the Astros. I love it. I can't I can't get away from that. Take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. And most importantly, later wrestling. Fans. If you take my